the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In this gospel passage today, Jesus says, If it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Jesus uses the finger of God image to show his disciples then and all of us gathered here today who he really is, what his ministry of teaching and healing is all about, and why we need his presence and power in our lives and in the world today. Like many other children, when I was a little girl, I often had nightmares. Do you ever have nightmares? For me, it seemed like there were scary monsters in the dark in my room. But my sleepy parents had the power to make those imaginary monsters vanish by using their finger to turn on the lights. I was not alone in the dark with monsters. I was surrounded by light and comfort and love. As adults, we're sometimes troubled by monsters in the night, too. Regrets haunt us. Fears hound us. In the middle of the night, demonic voices whisper in our ear, Why did you do that? Who do you think you are? You'll never be good enough. Right? Beelzebul is the prince of darkness and the prince of demons, but Jesus shows us that he has the power to destroy those monsters. As the finger of God, Jesus can drive out the what-ifs and the if-onlys of our lives. Jesus is the light in the darkness, and we are surrounded by his protection and comfort and love. Jesus will carry us through every storm of life. Though Jesus' power and presence is often most apparent in the quiet stillness of the night, I don't mean to make Jesus sound like just a teddy bear to cling to in the dark. This image of Jesus as the finger of God goes deeper. It reveals who Jesus really is, God in the flesh. Think of Michelangelo's fresco in the center of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel at the Vatican, pictured on the front of your bulletin. God stretches out his arm and touches Adam with his extended finger, bringing humanity to life and giving life to all creation. Jesus is telling us here that he was with God at creation when the finger of God put the image of God in us. Jesus was one with God in Egypt when the finger of God repeatedly sent plagues upon Pharaoh. And Jesus was there in Exodus when the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God onto tablets to tell God's people how they should live and treat each other. In his ministry, Jesus healed people and gave them new life through the finger of God. A collect in morning prayer says, Jesus stretched out his arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of his saving embrace. Through his death, the finger of God resurrects us to new life in Christ, conquering the monsters of despair, death, and grief. God's redemption 
transforms our lives and reveals his glory. It is interesting to notice that this is the only place in the New Testament where Jesus is referred to as the finger of God. The parallel version of this story in Matthew uses the term the spirit of God rather than the finger of God. The fact that we have both versions in the Gospels further deepens our understanding of Jesus as one with God. Jesus as both the finger of God and the spirit of God completes our picture of the Trinity, all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, active in the ongoing interplay of creation, redemption, and salvation. But the way that Jesus claimed the power of God for himself made some people really mad. This story is full of conflict and challenge. People question Jesus. Just who do you think you are? Where did you get the power to heal people and cast out demons, maybe from the devil himself? They demand a sign, proof that he has the authority that he claims. This passage is full of anger and bullying and scorn. Saying that Jesus is working with the prince of evil is the ultimate insult for the Son of God. Jesus responds in three ways. He understands the scorn and doubt in their hearts. He makes a logical argument refuting their accusations. And he challenges his followers to choose sides, to unite behind him. Just before this, Jesus had taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer and promised that when we pray, God will listen and God will answer. Having just taught his disciples to pray, save us from the time of trial, Jesus finds himself attacked and on trial. Having just taught them to pray, your kingdom come, here he shows them that he has brought the kingdom of God to them, to us. Christ shows us what God's kingdom is like, and the forces of evil are in an angry uproar. There are monstrous, demonic evils in our world. Human trafficking and gun violence in schools and famine and war, just to name a few. They seem so overwhelming and unrelenting. Here, Jesus assures us that he is the cosmic king. And to quote Martin Luther King Jr., the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice. He shows us the finger of God's judgment, not as something for us to fear, but as gift. Jesus has the power and the authority to drive out the monsters of sin, violence, and hatred that infect our lives, our community, and our world. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying that God will put us in touch with Jesus' power and let us be part of Christ's kingdom. We're praying that no, no matter how bad our situation is or what monsters we face, Jesus will not allow the forces of evil to win. We're praying for our lives to be filled with Christ's power and presence. 
and praying to be able to live in beloved community together, united in peace and harmony. Lent is a time for us to reflect and pray, to look intentionally at how Jesus is at work in both the ordinary and extraordinary events of your life and mine. A chance to ask God, through the power of the Spirit, to make us more aware of God's activity in the life of the world all around us. So, how is Jesus touching your life with the finger of God right now? Are you praying for his healing touch for yourself or for someone you love? Is Jesus tapping you on the shoulder, challenging you to turn around and change direction in some aspect of your life? Is Jesus beckoning you to come closer, to work for justice and for reconciliation in our world? Is Jesus using the finger of God to point to a new path, sending you out from here to a new call and a new life? When we were baptized, God made us part of his family of faith. The priests traced the sign of the cross in oil on our forehead. That sign of the cross says that Jesus is stronger than any powers of evil. Martin Luther suggested that Christians should make the sign of the cross on themselves every morning when we awake and every night when we go to sleep. Whenever we find ourselves afraid in the dark, whether we're children or whether we're grown-ups, we can make the sign of the cross on ourselves and pray to Jesus, asking him to drive away the monsters. Jesus promises that he will be there as the light of the world to surround you and surround me with peace and protection, guidance and grace. Jesus says to us this evening, don't be afraid of the dark. I'm right here with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.